Good morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Today, this morning, I'm very thrilled and honored to have with me as my guest, a Kevin O'Leary, who's a successful entrepreneur, investor, uh, one of the investors on the, sh- the, f- the well-known uh, sh- show tar- Shark Tank. Um, Kevin, welcome to the program. Great to be here. Thank you very much. Now, Kevin, you've obviously done a lot of different things in your career. You've written books. You've been a successful entrepreneur. You're an investor. You're now a TV celebrity. What are sort of like the two or three things that you'd say that are that really kind of stand out when you look back on your career? You know, what, what I've learned in, in over a long period of time, particularly the, the years when I operated businesses, is that you need a certain myopic focus on where you're trying to get to because there's always naysayers around you and there's always those that will tell you you can't get there and there's all kinds of noise mm-hmm. that surrounds any entrepreneur. And I, I had a mentor years ago, his name was Jerry Patterson, and he told me, in your career, you're going to face many dark moments with all kinds of people telling you what to do and where to go. And during those points, you have to stay laser focused on your objective. You have to believe in yourself. You have to be able to take the failures, stand up and keep doing it, but you can't let others define your direction. And that has been what I've now taught all my young entrepreneurs. You have to know where you want to go. Otherwise you'll never get there and you can't let noise distract you. Well, when did you first figure out <clears throat> that you actually wanted to be an entrepreneur? Like how, what, anything particular in your youth that you decided this is what you knew you wanted to do? There was a moment. It was my first job. I got hired in an ice cream parlor. And the reason I did that, I was in high school in grade 10. And the girl I really liked was working in the shoe store across the mall. And I figured if I got that job as a scooper, I could, you know, take her out after the mall closed at nights because we would work after school. And the first day I got there, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a, you know, when you're sampling ice cream, people often take their gum out and throw it on the floor. And this, this place had Mexican towels. I'll never forget it. And I've been, you know, scooping all day long or from four o'clock till eight when it closed. And the owner, who's a woman said to me, now, listen, you finished your scooping. Now you got to get down on the ground and scrape all the gum off the floor before mm-hmm. you leave tonight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the girl I liked was watching me from across the aisle. It wasn't that far away. And I thought, if she sees me on my knees, this whole thing isn't going to work. So I said to the woman who owned the store, listen, I am not a scraper. I'm a scooper. You hired me to scoop, not to scrape the floor. She said, you don't get this. I own this store. You're my employee. You'll do whatever I say. <laughs> and I said, I'm not scooping. I mean, I'm, I'm not scraping. And she said, you're fired. And in that moment... You know, I didn't even know what fired meant. I had to ask her. She said, no, no, I'm going to pay you for your work today. And you go home and never come back. It was so humiliating. And it was so, to me, demeaning. And I understood in that crystal moment that in the world, there are the people who own the store. And they're the people that scrape the shit off the floor. And you have to decide which one you are. I never worked another day in my life. Years later, now that I can afford to bulldoze the whole mall, I went back to find her to thank her with a camera crew and we couldn't find her. We tried very, very hard, but it's those defining moments in your life that determine the direction you're going to take. And you don't know how important they are when they're happening. You only look back years later and realize how pivotal they were. 
Mm, that's interesting. Well, now that you spend most of your time doing, you know, investing and obviously you're on Shark Tank, all that, do you miss actually being the entrepreneur now or do you, I mean, how, how is that? You know, that's a great question. And, and being the operator is, is significantly different than, than being the investor. Right. And that transition took me a long time. I operated multiple businesses until I realized maybe my experience now would make me a better investor. And, and I think that has played out that way. And I mentor a lot of my young entrepreneurs now explaining the mistakes I made. It, it's, you, you really need to give back if you're an entrepreneur. The way I do it these days is I obviously I work on Shark Tank quite a bit. We just visited a high school yesterday in Boca Raton with 2,000 people, Mark Cuban and I and Damon. It was extraordinary. You know, talking to those kids at 14, 15 years old about being entrepreneurs, all 2,000 of them wanted to do it. So I'm proud of that work. But often what I do is, is talk to my entrepreneurs. I gather them together every year. We usually do it in South Beach. I take over a hotel and talk about best practices and what mistakes we've made and what we can do to work together. It's, it's important because that, in addition to teaching, which I do at all the colleges now, MIT, Harvard, you name it, I feel that these activities together is my version of giving back. I give mm. to charities and that's important, but this is mentoring and I think it's important. Mm. Do you have fun mentoring people? I do, you know, I really do. And, and it's, 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 it's great to hear their versions of what they want to do and, and, you know, talk about the direction they want to take. And the great entrepreneurs are able to listen, assimilate and pivot. And I teach that quite a bit. It's one of the reasons I started my podcast, Ask Mr. Wonderful. It's sort of a mentoring podcast about life and money and relationships. I'm having so much fun doing that. It's crazy. I mean, people call in and, and it's so interesting to see how in life money and, and love and marriage and children and family all are intertwined. They're all intertwined. You can't separate one from the other. No, that's interesting. Well, it does seem like, I mean, I know all the personalities on Shark Tank are all fantastic and they all look like they really, I mean, obviously they're all very interested and invested in it, but it always seems like you really enjoy it the most. I don't know if that's a fair statement, but it just looks like you're having so much fun on that show. It's crazy fun. I mean, it's a dream job for me, meeting all the people, doing all the deals. I've got 29 companies now, everything from cupcakes to wedding registries, carbon guitar manufacturers, all kinds of different deals with all different, you know, entrepreneurs in different states. So t to me, it's, it's sort of um, a really interesting job. It's been very profitable. We've, we've had some great successes and catastrophic failures too. That always is part of it. But, you know, I, I look at it as part of the journey. And you started by asking, you know, what's it like to be an operator? I tell everybody, it's really hard. And that's why I really celebrate these entrepreneurs that I support financially, because I know how hard it is. Are you working on any books or anything? I know you've written a couple of books in the past. Are you working on anything new right now? I've written three books. I just finished my last one last year. They're hard work, too. But I'm, the, the most fun I'm having now and I'm putting a lot of energy into is the podcast. Because as you know, and we're speaking here, you're doing one. You right. can't fax it in. You have to record them. You, you have know. to edit them. You've got to publish them. It's a really interesting format. And Ask Mr. Wonderful is doing very well. I just started the first season. And I was surprised by how many people were into it and wanted to be part of it. And so now I record them in New York and Los Angeles and Miami in different cities. I've got studios set up everywhere. I've got some really eclectic guests. And a lot of my entrepreneurs want to participate. So we're having lots of fun. Hmm. 
Hmm. So what's the format? Is it just question and answer or they ask you questions? What's the format of your podcast? Well, for example, I just finished interviewing Barbara Cochran, and she, I work with her on Shark Tank. Of course. And we took that in a, in a very interesting direction. We fielded calls from all across the country about people's concerns. Barbara's a very successful entrepreneur, very opinionated. I always tell everybody the only reason she gets anywhere is I bought her a new broom. <laughs> but anyways, you know, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to call that segment Wonder in the Witch, but they just wouldn't have it. But I thought it would be fun. We've had a great time together. And she has some very specific opinions about how to manage life in a family, which I really enjoyed. And, and the calls came pouring in on that. You know, people have a lot of angst about, particularly people in their 20s, about the path and the journey and relationships and marriage and dating and money and all that stuff. And Barbara was wonderful on that. Hmm. Well, that does sound like you're having a lot of fun with that. Yes, definitely. Now, the persona that you portray on Shark Tank, where you sometimes people think you're kind of the meanest investor. I mean, I know you have that. Is that a persona that you try to, to kind of act, or is that really just yourself? No, it's not an act. You know, I I, I believe that in business, it's there's no gray. There's only black and white. Either you make money or you lose it. And when you lie to people, you always see the sharks saying, well, I'm not going to invest with you, but you keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. I think that's disingenuous in a horrible way because you can't escape reality. If the idea has no merit and they're going to bankrupt themselves and their family's money, you might as well tell them the truth. Now, a lot of people don't like the truth mm -hmm. and they say that you're the mean shark for telling the truth, mm -hmm. but I think I'm their best friend. I'm the only one that tells the truth. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't deal with the truth, you, that ain't nothing. I mean, you, when you get the real world gets a hold of it, it's going to chew you to pieces. So I'm your best friend helping you out. It's kind of like the, uh, your, ice cream, uh, your ice cream boss in a way kind of, you think? Or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's sort of a dose of reality is a good thing because you can't live your life in a dreamland. It just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a role for somebody on that show to be the truth teller, and that's certainly me. So what kind of guests, uh, who are some of the other guests that you've had or who you, what kind of guests are you trying to get on your podcast? Just entrepreneurs or other types of people as well? No, no, I've had all kinds of different people. You know, I, I have a lot of interest in, in entrepreneurs. There's, that's an area I had the founders who are my sponsors of Untuck It. They started with nothing and they've got a huge shirt brand now. People always want to ask about more Shark Tank stuff. So I brought on Alex Kenjeev who actually runs O'Leary Ventures about all of the deals and what happens behind the scenes in Shark Tank mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing. My daughter, who's 24 years old, living in New York City, was a guest. That was hilarious. Oh, that that was hilarious. so much fun because, you know, a, a father-daughter discussion about what it's like to be 24 living in New York was immensely popular. <laughs> and then we kind of go with the flow based on the inbound calls. People are really interested. We do some live, live call-ins. And the, the journey in these podcasts goes all over the map. And the reviews have been spectacular. You can obviously go to wherever you download your podcast. But read right. the reviews on, on the Apple podcast platform, and you'll see people love it. It's Ask Mr. Wonderful. Do you like being – do you find yourself liking being more the interviewer, or you like to be the person who's answering the questions? I enjoy both. I mean, I, I think – People are interested in listening to an honest dialogue. One where, you know, what I found about social media over the last decade is it can smell bullshit a mile away. And all of the people that have tried to, to spin a persona or a personality and use social media to grow a platform that is disingenuous or untruthful never survive. You got to be yourself. People want to hear the truth. And I think 
that's what the Ask Mr. Wonderful you know, platform is all about. I tell the truth. It's not for everybody because it doesn't make you happy to deal with reality all the time, mm-hmm. but it, it makes you honest. And that's sort of the way I look at it. And we have lots of fun anyways, everything from you know, baking and cooking. I love to cook. I love guitars. You know, I'm an avid photographer. These are all the topics we cover. And I like the platform because you know, when I do television or radio, they're all snippets. And television, I have to answer something in 20 seconds. That's a long time on TV mm-hmm. or maybe 50 seconds on radio. But a podcast, you can really drill into a topic. Yeah, and that's a cool thing. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, do you find yourself uh, getting tired of doing the Shark Tank thing, or are you still really having fun and you like it just as much as when it started? Well, you know, most television shows die after five years. The fact that Shark Tank is going into its extraordinary 11th year, second decade, means that it's it's grown beyond a, a television show. It's an iconic platform. Mm. It's sort of a snapshot of entrepreneurial America. It helps hundreds of people become millionaires. We've created tens of thousands of jobs. We've got hundreds of companies. We've invested, you know, $300 million. I mean, it's, 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 it's not a TV show anymore. It's a giant platform in America to launch businesses. So it's very different every year. We have guests every year. We have every single deals different. It, it's impossible to get bored of it because you, I never know what's going to come through those doors next. And I see the wildest and crazy ideas and some really interesting products that I own now. So, you know, I don't know why I would stop. I, I, I used to have to go find these deals. Now they come to me and it's, and people love the show. The ratings were the highest ever yesterday or on Sunday. So it just keeps going. And, and, you know, you, you gotta be thankful for that, but it's a great part of who, who we are as entrepreneurs in America. Let me ask you this. I mean, with all the things that you love doing, and I'm sure there's so many demands on your attention and things that you could be doing, how do you prioritize, you know, what it is you do or can put your time on? Well, it really ties to my philosophy. When I teach my graduating cohorts of engineers, which I do quite often, I always tell them, the reason I teach engineers is one third of each graduating class will become entrepreneurs. That's been a constant stat forever. So I like to give them sort of a launch and help them with their startups and everything else. But I, I say to them, look, entrepreneurship is not about the, the greed of money. It has nothing to do with it. It's all about the pursuit of personal freedom. And the reason I say that is I'm at the point of my life where I don't need more money. Mm-hmm. I need more time. Mm-hmm. And so I really care about how I spend my days. And so I work with a wonderful team in my office. I've got four people that sort of manage my time and my logistics of travel and everything else. And what we tend to do is at the end of the week and on Friday afternoon, we sit down or we do a teleconference together and we look at everything that's on the map for next week. And it's divided into 30 minute segments of each day. I get up at five 30 in the morning. I love to work out. I like to read all the financial press around the world. I get on a bike and i everybody knows I'm five thirty, six thirty. you know, doing that. And then after that, it's 30, it's 30 minute segments. And the whole point of what I just said about personal freedom is if there's something on that agenda I don't want to do, I just tell my people, take that off. I'm not doing it because I don't have to. And that's where I want everybody I work with to get to, to do the things that are meaningful for you and your family and your friends and your investments and the things that matter to you is, is the, is the greatest gift you can give yourself because you don't have an infinite amount of time. 
you want the best quality you could possibly have of it. Well, Kevin, it makes me really appreciative of you taking the time to do this podcast with me. It's obviously been a super thrill, and I really appreciate your taking the time. Thank you very much. Take care. This is Richard Chu and Kevin O'Leary. Thanks.